You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. The hero of ages shall not be a man, but a force. No nation may claim him, no woman shall keep him, and no king may slay him. He shall belong to none, not even himself. Chapter 20 Yeah, looking at that epigraph, uh, it doesn't really feel like that's the Lord Ruler. <laughs> well, I mean, um, yeah, well, we've heard about the Hero of Ages before, so let's kind of talk about what goes on here and we'll go into it a bit more. But yeah, so like you said, chapter 20. Um, we open up with Vin out enjoying carriage rides and essentially playing the part of being Lady Valette, right? She needs to be seen more and more out about by not only the Ska, but the other nobles and ranging from low all the way to high, like tier here. She has a part to play. We have another time jump. I don't know necessarily what the time jump is from our last chapter, but I know it's now three months from the Steel Inquisitor attack, because she mentions how she's still so annoyed that she still isn't completely healed after what happened to her. She's still on bed rest. Ah, why am I still alive? Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so... No, she's not on bed rest, but she... Uh, bed rest means be, you can't get out. Bed rest... Well, bed rest for a misborn. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, she, 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 she's leashed. Yeah, she, yeah exactly. So. She has to keep a... Yeah, but she, anyway, she's daydreaming, and we see a little bit of, like, like the girlish Lady Valette daydreaming here because she's thinking about Ellen and how she's tired of not seeing him because apparently he hasn't been going to balls lately. You know, she hasn't seen him in a while. I think she said something like two months was the last time she saw him at a ball. And it's funny because we get to see, like, this little bit of, like, drama in the background because she wants to see him. She's over here like, man, Lady Shan is being this massive thorn in my back end here she won't stop she takes every chance to ridicule me to attack me she's spreading rumors about me and vincing how vicious the the noble court can be here just in these two aspects she is like based on you know last chapter we had kelser basically baiting her with like i'm gonna assassinate ellen and now she's telling herself things like you know there's no way Ellen actually knows what's going on. He must be ignorant. Like, she's combining what Kelsier said with what she witnessed with, you know, the noble people essentially ignoring the fact that a ska boy's throat was just slit, what, 20 feet from the entrance to a ball? Like, and he's like, there's no way Ellen's like this. There's no way he knows. Based on the questions he was asking me, he must be super sheltered. He must not understand what's going on. And, you know... Maybe, but like to me, that sounds like a bunch of copium from Ben <laughs> because it's like, it, it, it's, a, like it it, it's just a bunch of copium, right? There's no, there's no way that someone who's that powerful, like I can see it maybe a little bit, but he definitely knows what's going on. Like, <laughs> sorry, um, but she realizes something and she says it out loud. She's not like Kelser. She does not hate the nobility, she, and I think that's huge to hear like the life she's had she goes through this after seeing both sides and she goes i can't hate them even though all of this is going on so we return now back to the um plantation lord renews estate and 
she, you know, Vin arrives and Kelsier and everyone starts immediately teasing her again about how she's out. Look at her. She's out doing her carriage ride. She's in her gown. She's she's Lady Valette. And she kind of gets a realization. I'm jumping ahead of myself. I apologize. She gets a realization here in a second. But um, yeah, so she asks what's going on. And Kelsier and Lady or and Renewer next to each other, they're talking, and it turns out that they're now moving the weapons. Their Lord Renew's getting a canal boat set up, and they're going to take the weapons. And Kelsier, Marsh, and Eden are all gonna are going to go on this boat. They're going to drop Marsh off with the Ministry spy, or I guess rat. I don't know what do you call him, informant, whatever it is. He's going to get the obligator that they paid off. Yeah, the smuggler. There mm-hmm. you go. They're going to. He's going to get dropped off with the Ministry Alkalites, and then Eden and Kelsey are going to go take the weapons and check out the army that's being trained in the caves right now. And so, Kelsier wants Ven to go train with Marsh, because Marsh is not going to be here any longer, and she needs to get whatever little bit of information she can get out of him in this short amount of time before he leaves. So... Before that happens, Vin, Vin accepts and goes, all right, you know, it's just seeking, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Marsh says, I bet that's exactly how you feel. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, basically. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's going to go see him. And, but first she realizes that all these workers are staring at Kelsier and she's like, there's a spy. There's a spy amongst us. And so she turns on the ten. She goes into girly Lady Valette mode and just starts to try to listen. And she realizes it's not a spy. These are people a part of this rebellion, and they are in awe of Kelsier. They're not spies. They're simps. Yeah, they're simps. They're, we have some <laughs> Kelsier simps in the chat. Um, but yeah, no, they they're in awe of Kelsier, and they refer to him as a survivor. And it's kind of weird because. Even Vin points it out, they don't see Kelsier as a man. They see him as something greater. And whether this is a part of the plan or not, I mean, Kelsier at some points were talking about things along the lines of like, you know, how do I inspire people? How do I inspire passion? He's talked to Sazed about this on multiple occasions. It looks like it's working, whatever he's doing, because they're not following a man anymore. They're following the survivor. So... She realizes that the Ska are really into Kelsier. The army's gaining, gaining momentum at this point. Things are kind of looking up for the rebellion. At the, she dread lets the ten die down. Realizes, and you know, there probably are spies, but these aren't these people aren't them. And she decides that she's going to go talk to Marsh now. And while she's going, she's like, "Man." I really don't understand Kelsier because Kelsier said things along the lines of like, I'm going to return the world to the way it was. He goes, no one has the ability to do that. No one can return the world to the way it was. Like, what, what, we're going to kill the Lord Ruler and everything's going to magically go back and fix itself? No way. Like the Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The water, the the rivers stopped being dried up because we killed the bad guy. (laughs) Yeah, there it is. There it is. But yeah, she's like, there's no way that's going to happen. Um, but she still can applaud Kelser for what he's doing. He's putting he's putting together a lot here. Well, she also mentions that 
something that I thought was really, really cool, because we've talked about the trauma of Vin a lot here. She mentions that she's barely been hearing Rain's voice anymore, and when she does, it's super soft and in the back of her head. And I think that's a big, like, it's a big moment here, right? It seems like the trauma is actually starting to heal with Vin. She's, she likes what she's doing with the noblemen. She's admitted that she doesn't hate them, which, you know, that's like, you know, she doesn't forgive them, but she doesn't hate them. That's huge for just like mental health in general, right? She trusts Kelsier enough to share information that she would not have shared. With how much she's shown she cares about Ellen, old Vin would have, one, not even made that connection, but two, definitely wouldn't have put that person in danger if she could help it. Yet she trusts everyone here. I think that's pretty big, considering how much we've talked about the past trauma. So she goes up and she's like, hey, Marsh, I'm here to annoy you and I want you to train me. And he's like, all right, cool. You think it's useless? She's like, yeah, this is useless. But hey, I'm here. Kelsier wants me to do it. And Marsh schools Vin, just like Breeze did. We're starting to see the running thing here. Marsh points out all the advantages to being a good seeker. It's not just knowing when someone's burning alamancy, right? Or burning metals with alamancy. You know, you realize, you know, there's two sources, right? And she goes, yeah, I can feel Kelser down here and you up here. And Marsh is already like, that's incredible. Because most seekers can't even, they can only know there's a source. They can't determine different sources or anything like that. So you are skilled. Well, can you tell me what he's burning? And she's like, no. He goes, well, you should be able to. Because if you, you know, and he lays out the whole I'm not going to repeat it here, but he lays out the whole uh, knowledge in the case of Alamancy. It's like, well, he doesn't say you should be able to, but you should notice that there's a difference. And she does notice there's a difference. Yeah. Um, but but then he's like, can you can you notice? I forgot what exactly he asked her. Can you notice this thing? And she's like, no. And can he's you, can like, you understand the length of the pulse? Or the, something oh yeah, like the that. length of the pulses. And she's like, no. And he's like, oh thank God, yeah, because yeah, it yeah. took me six months to figure that out. Yeah, you you'd have been so much better than me. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like he he lays out a lot of really cool things that we didn't know about seeking before. Not only can you determine that there are different sources of alamancy, which honestly I thought was a given in the beginning, but it turns out it's not. That's mm-hmm. you're, you're special if you can do that. Not only can you do that. But you can also um, determine what element, what like what they're burning too, based on the length and the timing of the pulse, as he calls it. Um, you will know exactly what they're burning. And Vin's like, "Well, wh- why is that important?" He goes, "Well, that guy who's staring at you from like a hundred yards away, wouldn't you like to know if he could push coins at you? Or would you rather, like, would you like to know the fact that he's a thug and can like beat you to a pulp if he gets close to you? Like, wouldn't that be nice to know?" And she's like, "Oh yeah." That would be nice to know. And we get to see, oh, that's kind of what Kelsier did, right? He pointed out, like, last chapter, was it? He that pointed he could out, see that they were ten eyes. He could see they were ten eyes just by feeling their pulse. Well, this is how. And so Marsh gets to just, like, I think he, this is exactly what I said. I'm looking at my notes now. You need to understand that everyone feels unique. There's a push and a pull, which we've heard about a lot up to this point, but it's never been um, specified on what that is and essentially his quick tldr of push and pull is you know you can pull you can pull on some sources you can push on your own sources you know is it an internal or external metal right or an external source of power 
on steel you can pull you know iron or steel you can push iron you can pull you know external sources you then you have internal sources you can pull on your own senses you can pewter is pushing on your own senses and da da da, da and i mean and ben even mentions that when she sensed one i felt like this is pulling and you're pushing right and yeah. so that's likely where that these terms come from yeah and he mentions that you can know they're each unique through their length pattern and the push and pull variants and if you know those three things and you can tell what those three things are you'll know exactly what metal each person's burning at that point and i thought the two big things that he pointed out were like one one was if you see someone using allomancy but you can't sense them you know they're misborn yeah that's a big thing or an or an inquisitor in either way you need to be running and the other one and this was a huge one uh, you can tell if someone's using emotional allomancy on you, what emotions they're trying to mess with. Yeah, I forgot about that. That is huge too, knowing exactly. Because look at what Bree said. He goes, you not only when you're using this, you have to know the person. You need to, if you want outcome A, if you want outcome A for them to be angry, the best way to do that is not to make them angry. The best way to do that is to dull these other emotions, flame these other ones that will lead them to being angry, right? So sensing that is huge. So seeking is a lot cooler than we expected, which again, love the magic system. I'll, I'll nerd, about, nerd out about it later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but we get the backstory after this, right? After Marsh gives this training tip, he basically says like, you know, you just need to practice now because I gave, I told you why this is useful, how it's useful. Just practice it. And next time I see you, we'll go over this again. And she's like, all right, cool. But then we get a little bit of backstory because he starts to discuss why he hates. He lets it slip a little bit on why he kind of hates the steel ministry. And then Vin kind of being a little devious decides she's going to put Breeze's training to use. And she starts soothing and rioting and trying to mess with him and trying to get him to to talk more about it and we learn through marsh that marsh hates the steel ministry the same way that kelsier hates the nobles and it's because they killed their mother the ministry went after and killed their mother mm -hmm. and he just wants to hurt them that's why he's in he doesn't like he's which is weird, right? He's kind of like Kelsier. Like, he's not in it to see the rebellion win. He's not in it to overthrow. He's in it to hurt the Steel Ministry any way he can. But where he is different from Kelsier is that he does admit to Ven, this information that I'm going to get, whether or not I die or not, will hurt them in the future because it will help. It will help the rebellion down the road. It will help Scott down the road, even if it's a thousand years down the road. So you can see the little bit of a resemblance there between Marsh and Kelsier. But Marsh figures out he's getting sued, tells Vin to bugger off, essentially. And in order for in order for Vin to kind of extend an olive branch, Vin relives her own trauma and tells Marsh what happened to her. He she asks Marsh, Do you hate Kelsier? And Kel and Marsh is like, No. We're family. I've never hated Kelsier. Like I I can't. I can be angry with him, but I can't hate him. He's family. And she's like, I don't understand you can do that because I hate Reen. And she explains. He goes, Reen, you know, Reen was pretty bad to you. So that episode forever ago when we talked about how I said, like, oh, was it all gaslighting? No. It is pretty much confirmed, you know, up to this point it had been confirmed before this, but Reen was pretty terrible to mm -hmm. Ben. Um and she relives the trauma of, you know, ma uh, her mom killing her sister you know she's her mom killing her sister she mentions how 
you know, the only thing her mother gave her was this earring and that Reen found her just essentially covered in the blood and remains of her sister and Reen saved her, essentially. And, yeah, I can kind of see why Vin's a bit messed up now yeah, and yeah. why she has trust issues. Um, but she she tells March that it's kind of like an olive branch, right? Like, I'm sorry I did that to you. Now I'm going to tell you something about me that's hurts. And Marsh appreciates it. And I think he appreciates it in the way he acts, right? He doesn't get angry anymore. He just says, don't do it again. He talks to her about and she, and he tries to console her. And they have this heart-to-heart moment over Kelsier. And because he goes, I don't know if Kelsier's changed. And Ven goes, for the first time, I think Ven's, you know, outside of like the initial Kelsier's crazy when she didn't know him. I think this is the first time that Ven having started to like Kelsier and trust him is critical of him because she points out, I think Marsh, I think you're right. I don't think Kelsier's changed because the way he's spreading information, he's making the skull look at him in a certain light and that might not be the best thing. Um, so yeah, but the big bomb we get at the end here, I mean, I consider it a big bomb because this is what I was looking for is Yeah. It turns out Marsh did love Mare, too. And that is where most of this anger and fighting between the two has come out. And that's where we're left. So, I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of you know, big pieces of information here. Um, actually, there was so much that you kept reminding me about while going through this. I felt like we were... I could tell by your face. You were just like, wait a second, that did happen. We were hooked on... Um, the epigraph. Mm-hmm. So, what happened in the epigraph again? So I will. I'm. I'm gonna say it again because it was short. I got a good one. I got through like five different things. The hero of ages shall not, or the hero of ages shall be not a man but a force. No nature may claim him. No woman shall keep him, and no king may slay him. He shall belong to none, not even himself. Every time I hear like no king may slay him. It, it makes me think of like uh, the uh, the witch king and, and mm, yeah. no man shall save me. Um, but yeah, we're t- now we get an idea of like why the hero of ages was like a huge deal. Um, we keep hearing more about, uh, you know, the Lord Ruler's Journal, which we basically have confirmed that this what these these pieces are um, about his his stay. But like we keep hearing like I was the hero of ages and now we're hearing about what the hero of ages is supposed to be. Um Again, uh, the I think I'm going to nerd out about the magic system because I said I was going to. We we said for the beginning that Brandon was going to set up like, oh yeah, here are these powers, but the powers were so cool, not because of what they did, but what you can't do. Yeah, look at the amount of skill it takes to recognize, like out, you know, like you said, it wouldn't be as cool if it was just like, I'm a seeker. I know you're burning pewter. No, it's not that. It's I'm a seeker. You're burning an internal metal that is pushing and has this wavelength therefore i know you you're burning pewter wow it really highlights the skill it takes it's a limitation overall right but it highlights the skill it takes right right and and, and not just that but you can tell when a person's you know running low on metals you can tell if they're using emotional allomancy what emotions they're pushing on i mean these are things that like in hindsight it sounds like yeah you should be able to do that but of course it would take extra skill I mean, it's just like when we talk about the emotions, it's like you can push on, you don't just push on them. You, there's a certain finesse that goes with it and there's certain emotions you can push on and you have to know these things. Going back to like the MCU reference I mentioned, 
this feels like the like the original Iron Man. Remember when he's building the suit and how like it was kind of like mishmashed and put together and was super limited. You know, that's kind of what we're looking at now is that idea of like, oh, the superpowers aren't almighty. But I think we get, we've gotten so used to at least in current media. I mean, look at what they do, right? Like Thor, Thor can do whatever he wants, you know. Look at what they had to do to challenge them, you know, and like it's kind of refreshing to see a magic system where it's like, no, this is magic. It's really cool. But like, well, it also is interesting because, you know, we see someone be like, I'm not going to say godlike because we haven't really gotten to something like that, but like very, very like effective the way Kelsier was. And, you know, they killed like 15 different people and you realize like he didn't do that. It wasn't easy for him. Like it wasn't just, it, um, well, it may have been easy for him, but he didn't just get those powers and be like, okay, now I can do that. Superman didn't just fly through a building. Right. You didn't just get like a boom. Oh, this is a, uh, you get the, you get this ability and suddenly you're going to be able to do all these amazing things. Yes, they may be amazing, but if you want to be the, the master that these other individuals are, it's because you learn all the nuances of each individual power. And this is our to see like a misborn can be, extremely powerful not just because they have all these powers but like if you learn the nuances of each of these things um it'd be huge i mean just think about it just think about like using the mental you know metals you you if you can soothe someone that's one thing but you can soothe and riot i mean that's a whole different thing and you can so now you can actually really really manipulate them um so again, I'm just nerding out about the magic system that has something as simple as, oh yeah, I can sense when someone using is using allomancy becomes, oh yeah, I can also sense what allomancy they're using, how much their metal reserves are, and what specific thing they're trying to do with that allomancy. Huge, huge. Just it's like it's like a big thing, and he's like, oh yeah, you bet you think these are like really small things, don't you? Um, but then we get like more of the backstory of our characters here, so. You know, we find out about Marsh's beef with the with the Steel Ministry. We also figure out what Marsh's beef with Kelsier is because when we saw it before, right, it was definitely painted as, you know, look at like I yeah I'm high roading you, right? Look at I did this for the right reasons. You were a bad person, and now you're acting good. But like, kind of like in just in real life, normally when an argument like that happens. It's not actually that's not actually the reason, right? That's the argument, but that's not the root cause. And we learn that what is the root cause, right? It's because Marsh loved Mare. And Mare chose Kelsier. And for the end, Mare died. You know, Mare Basically died. Basically because of Kelsier. Because of Kelsier, right? And so like that is like where the root of this anger between them is. And yeah, man. So the thing that kind of makes me a little nervous here is the fact that we understand at least up to this point that marsh knows kelsier the best out of everyone he knows him true and deep he knows him who he was before and how he's changed now and we get this point where marsh keeps pointing out that kelsier you know ultimately isn't the type of person to do the right thing and we see now that even vin's starting to feel that way and it is a really weird feeling right because i like kelsier this guy's awesome look at what he's doing look at what he's putting together but like well we've also acknowledged that he the underlying well, he's he, done, he he's has done, some mm, he yeah. has some uh questionable things and that's exactly why i'm nervous about it is because we've seen you know we'll say quote unquote his dark side right we've seen the way he treats noble people and things like that 
and it's kind of like man this can be a little nerve-wracking right like there could be something bad that you know we we, we, we could be looking at an anakin situation here oh not not just the men with the women and the children too oh gosh so hopefully we don't end up getting some getting that kind of situation but yeah i mean with everything else i think it's really interesting here too is man everyone's backing this dude up the rebellion's gaining steam we just what was it like six chapters ago it was like you know you know 10 chapters ago, this was impossible. Six chapters ago, oh, this is really bad. And now we're like, well, we're oh, gaining momentum. Getting, yeah, it's picking up. And, man, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen next. Hey, guys, it's Matt. Thanks for listening to the Autos Podcast. You'll start seeing regularly scheduled episodes starting November 14, 2022. If you'd like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a small project, so please support us with likes and comments because that's what the algorithms crave. If you're listening to the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you really want to give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon so we can give Vaughn a better mic.